Welcome to the Pikes Peak Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Everybody say amen. Oh my God, what an awesome worship time. Wasn't that amazing? Come on, let's make some noise for our worship team. That was awesome. You don't know how, what a privilege it is to be able to preach in an environment like this, where Lisa and the team can create something where God can move, right? I mean, it's like God has been doing so many powerful things this morning that you guys kind of just walked into this, this wave of the move of God. And it's, it's powerful. That's why Lisa was on her knees. I don't know what's going on there. I know that the Lord was, was moving in her. And I was over there as a puddle, just, just worshiping God because he's good. And so I want to welcome you to our church. Um, that's what we live for here. We just... We love God so much. From the bottom of our heart, we really, really, really love Jesus. And, and the whole purpose of our church is this. And if you know it, say it with me. To help more people more often say yes to God. And that's what we want for you this morning. That you have the opportunity to say yes to God in all the different ways that he invites us to do that. But if you do that today, man, we just get so pumped. We get so excited. People have been getting baptized. People have come up for prayer. And, um, and God is just moving. So thank you so much for being here. I have the privilege this morning to preach on one of my absolute favorite topics uh, on prayer. And it's just, it really is an honor to be able to preach about it. I, I talk about it all day, but to be able to preach out of the Word of God today, I'm so excited. And so we're continuing today on our series called A Reason to Pray. We started that last week where Pastor Darren and Lisa Edmonds um, told us about how prayer is a conversation that brings clarity, right? Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. And oftentimes we as, as people who pray do all the talking and no listening. And so we learned last week that, yeah, sometimes we need to be quiet in prayer and how to hear the voice of God in prayer. And so I kind of want to build off of that this morning and take it to another level where um, I want to point this scripture out, another one of my favorite scriptures where Jesus says that he came to give us an abundant life on earth. Right? One of my favorite scriptures. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that you might have life, life abundantly. But so often, we tend to live below our privilege as children of God. I want to say that again. You need to hear this in the back everywhere. We tend to live below our privilege as children of God. Yes, there are privileges to being a child of God. Here's what I mean. Your children will experience privileges from you unlike anyone else in the whole world, not because of anything they've done, but just because they're your family, right? You will give them a home and food just because they were born. You'll give them clothing and education and health care and birthday parties and gifts and opportunities just because they're your kids, and we have, we have no problem accepting that when it comes to our own children, right? Nobody's going to say, well, that's weird. Why would you give your kids all those privileges? Nobody says that. That's just normal. It's expected. But when it comes to our relationship with our Heavenly Father, we tend to live below our privilege. We struggle to have the same relationship with God that we have with our kids or even with our earthly parents, a privileged relationship. One of the reasons that we chose the title this morning or for the series, A Reason to Pray, is because we've noticed a trend within ourself of always being able to find an excuse not to pray instead of a reason to pray. 
right? I'm totally guilty of this, and we see it all over. We always have an excuse. Like, maybe I'm not going to pray because, you know, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable praying out loud, and so I'm not going to pray. Or I don't know what to say. You know, I, have, I don't even know the words, so I'm not going to pray. Or, or maybe it's like it's a big spiritual competition, and whoever sounds the most holy wins, and, and that just makes me uncomfortable, right? So, so I'm not going to pray, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. All these excuses instead of finding a reason to pray. One of my absolute favorite reasons to pray is this, and it's in your notes. Jesus said, that everything is possible for one who believes. How many know that's a bold statement? Everything? Everything's possible for one who believes. As a father, God wants us to give, wants to give us good gifts. Amen? That's what a father wants to do. He wants to give us good gifts. But he also wants us to be able to ask for them. Every loving parent in the room here and all over the world wants the best for their children. And sometimes if our kids would just ask, then we would give it to them, right? Just ask. I love you. And so the key this morning is to ask and believe that God can do a miracle because he says everything is possible. In my life, God has answered so many prayers, so many miracles that I've asked for, he's answered and done them. And I want to tell you that because I'm a living testimony. I'm flesh and blood. I'm alive today in this age as somebody who has experienced miracles from God. It's not just for people who are in the Bible, right? Who lived thousands and thousands of years ago and they must've been really like super spiritual and so they got it, but it's not really for me, right? No, God has done it in my life. And sometimes he's even given me the miracle that I couldn't have even conceived of when I prayed, but he exceeded my expectations. So for instance, I would say, God, there's a situation that is impossible and I need you to do a miracle. You're the only one who can change this impossible situation. So please, God, do this miracle. And God sometimes goes, yes, I will do that miracle, but I'm gonna go way beyond. I'm gonna go like four times higher than you even asked. And it doesn't happen all the time, but that's what Paul said. That's what he meant when he said, God can do immeasurably more than you can even ask or imagine. Immeasurably more. So when you think that you're like bugging God with a really big ask, he's like, is this even, are you for real? That's so small. We should never pray small. We should always go to the very lengths, the depths of our imagination, say, God, this is as big as I can think. And then he's still like, I can do more. I can do more. Just ask, right? Right? That's, I love that about God. Everything is possible. So today, my goal is to encourage you to believe that God can do a miracle in your life. For real. For your life. Not just the pastor. Not just the people who have the microphones and playing the band. Not just the people in the Bible. For you. Believe that. And I hope that I can teach you how to ask for it. Because it's totally fine if you're being honest and you say, you know what, I, I really don't know what to say. I would have the first idea about how to approach God in prayer. And that's totally fine. That's why I'm here. That's why we want to open the word and teach today. So I want you to open the word and go to Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bible, open up to Mark chapter 9. And... Um, if you don't have a Bible with you and you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion app, which is a great resource. 
Mark chapter 9, in the following scripture, we're going to see a man who transforms. Everybody say transforms. He transforms from a person who is looking for an excuse not to pray to a person who believes in the power of God and believes and finds a reason to pray. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Now listen to how Jesus responds. Pay attention to the tone of his voice. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him the boy to me. Do you hear that, that annoyed tone? Like, God, really, guys? Why did he respond like that? Verse 20, so they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if, if you can do anything... Take pity on us. Help us. If you can. Everything's possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, Oh yeah, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. Hallelujah, he did the miracle. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. God does miracles. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, listen, this is the key. Listen, church. This kind can come out only by prayer. This kind can only come out by prayer. Other manuscripts say prayer and fasting. And that's why I think they were all arguing before. And that's why Jesus was annoyed. Because before Jesus showed up, they're probably all over there like, hey, man, we got to get this spirit out. I don't know what to do. What do you think, man? Why don't you smack him in the face? Well, that didn't work. Let's pour some water on him. I don't know. Well, what does the law say, you know? And and Jesus comes along and he's like, did anybody pray? Have I not taught you to pray? You know, like, come on. How long am I going to endure this? And so there are three things that stuck out to me in this story. And the first is in your notes that this miracle only happened because of prayer. This miracle only happened because of prayer. And and you know what I I learned from that? You should learn this too. Is that there are things in this world right now today that are impossible situations and require a miracle, but they will not happen unless you pray. You can't just go and expect anything to happen. That's just what Jesus is saying. There are certain things that require a prayer. So if you're looking for a reason to pray, there it is. 
pray and believe and see God do a miracle. Number two, notice how Jesus almost sounds offended that the man said, if you could do anything, you know. And then he corrects him by saying, hey, don't you remember who I am? I'm your father, I'm God. Everything's possible for those who believe. Uh, Remember who you are and who I am. And then thirdly, the man realizes, oh yeah, you are God. You are my father. I'm your son. There are certain privileges that come along with being a child of God. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And then and only then does Jesus do the miracle. You catch that? The timeline is super important. Then and only then when the man says, oh yeah, I do believe, does Jesus do the miracle. Now, a lot of us think when we ask for a miracle and get it, that it couldn't get any better. I mean, that's just the top. Nothing could surpass that. But I think Jesus here shows us that he looks at it a little bit differently. He wants to do the miracle, of course. But more importantly than the miracle being done, he wants your heart to believe in him. He wants you to be in relationship with him more than he wants to just do another miracle. And so sometimes God's just waiting just to say, I, I could just do the miracle, but, but I really want to be in relationship with you, son, daughter. I want my heart and your heart to be connected. So can you relate to the man in this story on any level? I know I can. I've been there. Let me ask you this. Have you ever needed a miracle but didn't really believe that God could do it? And just be honest. I've been there. There's no reason to pretend here today. Have you ever needed a miracle but didn't really, didn't really believe that God could do it? I want to talk about what it means to believe because Jesus says everything's possible for those who believe. So to believe is to have faith. Everybody say faith. Come on, like you mean it, like you're listening to the pastor. Faith. There we go. To believe is to have faith that God can do what he says he can do. I believe. I have faith in that. Hebrews 11.1 1 is just an awesome scripture. It's on the screen. It says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is the definition of faith. The definition of belief. You need to memorize this scripture. This is such a huge scripture. Let's, let's say it together. Here we go. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So in your situation today, maybe you came to church and you don't have a job. You got, you got to let go or whatever, and you got a family to feed and bills to pay, right? You need a job. So in this definition of faith for you, you are sure that you're hoping to get a job, Right? You need a job. There's nothing else. You're not hoping to get a nice meal. You're not hoping to get um, five bucks, you know, in the, in the, from your friend or whatever. You need a job. You're sure of it. But you're kind of in the beginning stages of it, and you put out a bunch of applications to all these places, and you haven't gotten any callbacks. You haven't gotten any interviews. Right now, all the doors are closed. There are no jobs for you according to what you can see. But it takes faith to believe and be certain that you're going to get a job even though you can't see it. You're sure that you need a job and you're certain that you're going to get one even though you can't see it. That's what it means to believe. That's what it means to have faith. Now sometimes when we pray in our unbelief, in our unsuredness of, I don't know, I don't know if God could do it. Sometimes we pray a prayer that we feel like we need to give God an out. 
just in case he's not good enough to do it. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I just, if, I don't know if you could do this. So I'm going to give you all these outs in my prayer. Or maybe we don't want to, we don't want to embarrass God. So we want to, we want to have his back. And so, so, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ask you to do something in front of everybody that I don't really know if you can do. And so I'm going to give you all these outs and I got your back, God, because probably, you probably can't do it anyway. So don't worry. We still love you. Amen. You know what I mean? So sometimes we'll pray, just as a for instance, we'll play, pray like this. God, my grandma is sick, and she is on her deathbed. She's dying, God. Please heal her. But, it, you know, if she doesn't get healed, which, then I just pray that we can all accept her passing, and, and that we just be glad that she lived a good life, and and God, you know, ultimately, it's, you know, it's probably going to happen. So we just pray that you comfort us in her death. Amen. And there's just not very much faith in a statement like that. That is a defeated prayer instead of a prayer of faith, a prayer of belief. The heart in it is honest. And so it's not all bad. I mean, it's honest to say, I really don't know if you can do this. I mean, that sounds kind of crazy. You could heal her. That's kind of weird, you know, but, but God is waiting for you to believe that he can. Do you catch that? He's waiting for you to believe that he can do a miracle. Maybe a better prayer would sound like this. God, my grandma is dying and I believe that you have the power to heal her. You've healed many people before, and I ask that you do it again. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that you heal her body in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear the difference between those two prayers? That's a prayer that comes from a place of belief, of faith. Like, I know who you are. I know that I'm your son. I'm your daughter. You are God, my father. And I'm asking and believing that I know that you can. Instead of, well, we all kind of not really sure that you could do that, so whatever, We need to ask God and believe that he can do it. Now, I want to point out a very um, important detail. I use the word believe that he can, and I'm not using the word believe that he will. Okay, so when I say we need to ask and believe that he can, I'm intentionally saying that instead of ask and believe that he will, because ultimately, our faith is in God and his decision to say yes or no or maybe or wait or I'm going to do more. We don't get to have faith and say, because I have faith, you now, now you have to. Okay? We don't get to force you into healing everything or doing miracles that we choose. And that's really important because I know some people kind of, you're probably mad at me already that I said that. And um, I just don't think that's a healthy route to go because that's the route that says we're never going to go to the doctor because we're going to have enough faith. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes God does say no. Does that mean that we didn't have enough faith? I don't think so. I think that God is allowed to say no sometimes because he has a better plan than we do. It doesn't mean that we don't ask. God forbid he says no and I'll I'll just never ask again. That's not it at all. Because God says, believe, everything's possible for those who believe. But sometimes we might feel like it's not our place to ask God. You know, like, who am I? I'm just, I'm nobody. I'm just this little nameless person on planet Earth, and he's God, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what to say yet, so I don't want to ask. Or maybe we feel like, well, God's, you know what? He's going to do it, whatever he wants to do, regardless of if I pray or not. 
You know, who am I? I'm not going to change his mind. He's God. So why would I even waste my time praying? Well, I want to look at what James says about that. Those two thoughts right there. James actually speaks to that very clearly. James 4 verse 2 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. Pretty simple, right? Let's read it together. Here we go. You do not have because you do not ask God. Okay, so there are some scriptures in the Bible that are are difficult to understand, like the book of Revelation requires a deeper study, multiple translations, maybe a history timeline and the cultural um, aspects of how that affects everything, and then the metaphors and the analogy, and you really have to get all of that under you so you can grasp the essence of what it's really trying to say. This is not that scripture. You do not have because you do not ask God. It's black and white, right? It's cut and dry. I love scriptures like this. I don't have to think twice about it. Oh, now I get it. I didn't have because I didn't ask God. Listen, God won't answer a question that hasn't been asked. And if you do ask him, he will answer. It's so simple, right? If you ask, he'll answer. And here are the three ways that he could possibly answer. Yes, no, not right now. And who are we to say, oh, those are the wrong answers, right? No, that's just like, okay. But we're going to ask because you're my dad. I'm going to ask. Let me ask you a question. By a show of hands, everybody in the room, raise your hand if you have ever needed a miracle in your life. Awesome. Okay, I think I got everybody that time. The last couple of services were like... And that's fine. If you did, I put you on the spot and maybe you haven't thought about it. But let's be honest. We've all needed multiple miracles in our life. Um, so next question, do not answer by raising your hand. Don't answer out loud. Just answer to yourself. In that situation when you needed a miracle, did you ask God? Oh, he <laughs> you do not follow the instructions very well. I did. <laughs> good. Good for you. So if the answer was no, listen, that's totally fine. Maybe you had no idea that that scripture exists. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. Like, what were you thinking? Maybe you're just like, I'm honest. I had no idea. I didn't know that I could just ask God. So I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm simply trying to help you learn how to do it differently in the future. Because guess what? Another time is going to come when you need a miracle. It's going to happen. You do not have because you do not ask God. And so as I mentioned in the beginning, there have been so many times where I've prayed and God has answered with a miracle in my own life, right? I'm a, I'm a living testimony of that. It's not just for people unlike us, okay? I'm just a regular guy just like you. And God has done it time and time again. And I just want to share as a testimony to encourage you that God really can do anything. Everything's possible for one who believes. So here's just a little bit, some testimonies from my life. Many of you know, if you've been in our church for a while, that um, about five years ago, God called me and my wife to leave California, where I was a worship pastor, and come to Colorado Springs with nothing. And it was this hard process of God said it, and, I, and we're like, really? You know, I have a job, I have a house, I have a friend, all my friends are here, and 
you want us to go to nothing, and we prayed and we fasted about that, and my wife and I, after time, finally became in agreement. Initially, she wasn't in agreement. She's like, I don't think God's saying that. And so we waited, and we prayed more until God spoke to her as well. And then it was time to go. So we came here with nothing. All we had is my wife had this little part-time job that, that barely paid the rent for our little apartment up on the north side. And we prayed by faith that God would provide another ministry position in Colorado. Now, at the time, I had never heard of Pikes Peak Christian Church. And Pikes Peak Christian Church had never heard of Matt Ross. I was a nobody. Like, we didn't know each other at all. In fact, they weren't even hiring. We just met each other, and God started to move. But I was sure that God called me to be in ministry, right? Because faith is being sure of what you hope for. I was sure that God called me into ministry, and I was certain that he was going to do that in Colorado, even though I couldn't see how. There were no jobs here. Because being, having faith means being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. As you can tell, we prayed, we had faith, and here I am, three and a half years later, I'm on staff at this church, the church I never heard of, they never heard of me, loving it, and, and I can testify to you, my wife and I confidently feel that we are in the center of God's will for my, our lives. And let me tell you, there's nothing sweeter than that, amen? Everything is possible. Another story. Three years ago, I had a displaced rib right here. That every time I, I took a breath, it hurt for four months. Has anybody ever had a displaced rib? Okay, so you guys know, know it's exactly what it sounds like. Every time you breathe in, it feels like somebody's poking your lung with a needle. It hurts. And it's not just like four or five times a day. It's every time you breathe for four months. It was just brutal. And as I just told you, we had no money. So I couldn't afford a doctor, couldn't afford a chiropractor. But during a church service... I came forward for prayer at the end, just like we do every time at the end of our church services. I came forward for prayer, believing that God could heal my rib, and just asking. And I came to a man who was a prayer partner, just like we have prayer partners that come up at the end to pray with you. And he believed, and he, he knew that God could do it, and he asked on my behalf in agreement. And I'm telling you, on the spot, God put my rib back, and the pain was gone. On the spot. Now this wasn't just to, uh, some of you were probably like, whoa, what did I just walk into? Is this one of those weird churches? No, nobody like knocked me in the head and was like screaming at me, you're going to be healed. You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was very humble and very honestly just simple. He just put his hand on my back and began to pray from a place of belief. And I, I took a breath and there wasn't pain. I took another one, and there wasn't pain. And three and a half, three years now later, it still hasn't come back. I'm, my rib has been healed. Everything is possible. Amen? Amen. When, another one. When we left California to come here, um, we owned a house, okay? And we bought that house at kind of almost, almost at the bottom of the recession in 2009, which was the only reason we could afford it. And... Um, the market kept going down. Anybody remember the recession? And the market kept going down. So 2011, God calls us to Colorado Springs, and we decided this is not a good time to sell because we'll lose money. So instead of selling our house, we'll rent it, and maybe we'll get a little bit of income. At least we can keep getting equity, you know, into our house until we figure out what God's doing. Um, so we decided to do that. 
Over the next year or so here in Colorado, God began to speak to us that it was time to sell. First to my wife and then to me. And I want to point that out because I don't believe that God says different things to the husband and then to the wife. It's just, quite honestly, he spoke to her and then he spoke to me and I didn't want to hear it. I'm just being honest. I didn't want to hear I'm like, no, God's not saying that. We'll lose money. That doesn't make any sense, right? But we continued to pray. We fasted. We fasted coffee, which is a big deal for me. And, and God broke through. I, again, I remember the day I was sitting in a church service and the pastor ended by, just listen to what God's saying. And I heard him say, sell your house. I was like, no, but I heard it. And it didn't make any sense to me at the time because we would take a loss. But by faith, we decided to trust God and obey. And here's how we prayed. God, we know what the world is saying. When the market is telling us that our house is worth less, worth less than how, we, how much we bought it for. All the realtors are saying you're going to lose money. Everything is saying don't do it now except you. And so we're just going to pray and believe you and, and ask God that, the biggest thing you could do for us is to help us get our investment back. We invested, we put 20% down, and then we had, you know, four, yeah, four years of mortgages that we paid. So we had all four years of equity. So God, if we just break even, that would be a miracle. We will praise you, and then we won't lose money, and we'll start over, right? Check it out. By the time we actually got the house ready for sale, the market in California was in experiencing a radical comeback. And because God's timing is always perfect, right? There was a bidding war for our house, which means there were a ton of people just lining up, trying to outbid each other for our house, driving the price up. And we sold our house in three days. Three days. I'm not done. I'm not done. The person who won the bidding war was an all-cash buyer, which allowed us to get a 15-day 15, 15 closing. We got the money in the bank in 19 days. And remember, our miracle prayer was to say, God, we just need our investment back. If you could give us our investment back, 20% plus equity, woo, that'd be awesome. God said, yes, and I'm going to triple your investment. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a broke couple with a baby, right? We were just like, what? And I'm not telling you that story so you can be like, sweet, pastor said if we just trust and believe, we all get rich. That is not it at all. That's not it. What I am telling you is, is that's the example I use when Paul said God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. You think this is good enough miracle? You aren't thinking big enough, Matt. I'm gonna triple it just because. And isn't that awesome? That's what I love about God. Everything is possible. One more. Just a couple weeks ago, my daughter, Amelie, who's two years old, wanted to play with mommy. But mommy had a huge headache because we just had a boy three months ago and that boy never sleeps. And so that starts to take a toll on your body, right? And when mommy has a headache, it's like, for real, man, I haven't slept in three months. So she said, baby, I would love to pray with, play with you, but mommy has a huge headache. I can't even move. And so without prompting, Amelie placed her hand on her mommy and said, Jesus, please heal my mommy of the headache so we can go and play. And guess what? God healed it immediately. Everything is possible. 
Everything is possible. So I hope that some of my stories, my testimony has encouraged you and inspired you to believe in the power of God. But I want to share an even more impressive list of what God has done. This is a list, the things on this list are so big and so impressive that they put them in the Bible. And you know if it makes it in the Bible, it's a big deal. Because those are there to inspire people for all of history. This is how big they are. This is what God says, when everything's impossible, check out my resume. So I want to read some of the highlights of God's resume. Are you ready? You ready to pay attention? In the back, are you ready? All right. Number one, out of nothing, God created the heavens and the earth. Think about that. Out of nothing, he created the heavens and the earth. Everything is possible. Do you believe? Two, God parted the Red Sea, the ocean, He parted the Red Sea and Moses led the nation of Israel across it on dry ground. Everything is possible. Do you believe? Joshua prayed that the sun would stand still. The sun. That's an audacious prayer. Sun stand still so that we can have enough time to go defeat our enemies. And you know what happened? The sun stood still. Everything's possible. Do you believe? Say amen if you believe. Four, Mary gives birth to the Messiah as a virgin. Everything's possible. Do you believe? Jesus heals a blind man by putting mud on his eyes. Everything's possible. Do you believe? Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Everything's possible. Do you believe it? Jesus turns a plate of fish and bread into food for 15,000 people in one night. Everything is possible. Do you believe it? Say amen. Jesus told a storm to be still. Just just be still, storm. And the storm obeyed. (laughs) That's craziness. Everything's possible. Do you believe? Come on, say amen like you mean it. Jesus turns water into wine just because his mom asked him to. Everything's possible. Do you believe? When it was time to pay taxes, everybody, aren't we glad the tax season is over? When it was time to pay taxes, Jesus told Peter to just go fishing, and the first fish that you catch will have a coin in its mouth. So Jesus went and caught the fish and paid his taxes. (laughs) Everything's possible. Are you getting this? Do you believe, church? Listen, when um, Jesus brought a young girl back to life, he made a paralyzed man walk again. He cast demons out of people and cast them into the sea. He loosened the tongue of a man that could not speak. He cured a woman with an issue of blood. God sent his only son to the cross to die for you and me. And three days later, he rises from the grave, forever defeating sin and death. Everything is possible. Woo! And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Those are the highlights that I I just chose. There's so many more in the Bible that show, this is what God does. God does miracles. He can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. From this day forward, you will never pray a small prayer. You got me? Because he parts oceans. He turns water to wine. 
You see what I'm saying? This is the tip of the iceberg. In fact, at the end of the Bible, it says Jesus did so many things that we have no way we could possibly record all of them because the book would be way too long. This is who God is. He's your father. And you are his son. You are his daughter. Don't live below your privilege anymore. Ask and believe. God has proven time and time again that everything is possible for one who believes. So we're going to ask God right now to do a miracle in our lives. We are simply going to ask and believe that he can do it. Now, many of you in the room already have your list of miracles. You know what you need prayer for. You're like, I got five miracles. I'm ready to go. I wish the pastor would stop talking so we could come up and pray. And let's do this. Please end it. Say amen. amen. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> that was awesome. God bless you. Amen. No. But some of you, maybe you're, you're thinking, okay, there's a lot of stories about healing and, and, you know, I'm healthy. And I do believe, I do believe God can do it, but um, I, I don't, I'd like to ask, but I don't, I can't think of something to ask for. Listen, this is not just about healing. This could be about anything God wants to do as a miracle in your life. It could be about your marriage, which is on the ropes. This could be about your job. This could be about your house or, or money. Or it could be about depression or loneliness or suicidal thoughts or, or alcoholism or drug addiction or a kid, one of your beloved children who has walked away from God, a prodigal son and daughter right here today. Whatever it is, God can do it. He wants you to ask. And so the way that you can say yes to God this morning, this afternoon, is by coming up and praying with faith with one of our prayer partners. So prayer partners, I'm going to ask you all to stand up right now and come forward just so you all can see them. These are people that are, are here to pray with you and they're very lovely, nice people and they have faith. They've seen God work and do miracles. And so they would love to guide you in prayer or pray in agreement with you. Listen. You do not have, because you do not ask God. Everything is possible for one who believes. Do you believe? I want to ask you to stand up, and we're going to do this right now. Lisa's going to sing us a song that says, God, we are hungry for the power of God in our life. We're tired of living below our privilege as children of God. And we're falling on our knees, just like the man in that story that said, oh yeah, you are my father. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief and cast the spirit out of my son. That's what we're here to do today. So as Lisa sings, we're here to pray with you. Please come forward and let's expect God to do a miracle. Come on forward. listening to today's message. Be sure to join us again next time.